Welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Nick. I am not Dan. I am Jason. Woo-hoo! That's right. I'm backing up Dan while he's on his stint in rehab, but until he gets out, <laughs> I will be his backup plan. You're going to be here a long time. I know. That's what the court said. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's difference between you know s- s- getting yourself there and the court saying you need to go there. Right. Exactly. But it's uh, like yeah, jury duty. Yeah, I, I, I know people have been waiting for you to come back. Oh. We've gotten single e- digit emails saying where's jason yeah those are all from me i know yeah that's what i don't know jason's, pretty, jason's pretty, toy box jason's <laughs> I, i'm pretty complimentary on myself you are yeah thank I you. Mean, you you are a beautiful person oh, on the inside well, wow nick you know where that hits me right where i live <laughs> right, right in my heart right you live. thanks for that it's nice as usual we are recording live from driver's club brought to you avance by avance carter subaru Haggerty, and rainier beer so jason where you been what you been doing Oh, give me everything. Well, tell me about your soul. Let's. <laughs> I have been. Uh, I've been on world tour. World tour. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I have. Um, I've been following uh, Van Halen around a lot. Um, they don't know it, so don't tell them because um, they'll just deny it. But they like me. We're kind of friends. Not really. I live in a van. I was gonna say. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I was like, I, that's a, the van is a four-letter word to you. <laughs> we say bus. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I'm so proud of you, yeah. Nick. Well. I feel like you've really advanced. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. Well, um, before we get into day, today's guests, I want to talk about, and people aren't used to me doing this. Is the Carter Subaru tip of the uh, tip of the week, um, and because Dan digs so deep down into this, and we both know that you know the skills that I have for that just aren't there but um i talked to dan before he left um for rehab of course you know we, we, we had a couple of beers poor thing <laughs> we you sent them off you know oh you're not Ooh. supposed to say that on the air well it's okay yeah they were light beers oh well that's good we're good yeah so. keystone light yep that's good <laughs> He's, he loves keystone light did you know that that's an interesting fact about dan he used to work for keystone that was his thing he was a marketing director there this is before he, he went into the whole tech world it was amazing. I didn't know that. He liked Keystone Gold. He came up with a new platform he called Keystone Platinum, and it didn't take off, and he kind of freaked out, and this thing, things got weird, and HR got involved, and then he had to leave. Not, not by his doing, but anyway, continue. Sorry, Nick. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, back to our sponsored part of this, the Carter Subaru Tip of the Week. Uh, as it gets colder out there, and you're noticing frost on your cars in, uh, in the mornings, um, we, we did an episode about this about a year ago, talking about winter prep and making sure that your car is ready, you know, making sure that you have winter prep clothes in there, that you have tire, you've checked your tires. Um, if you listen to last week's episode with Blake, ta- making sure that your tires aren't over six years old, that the tread depth is good, make sure you have an emergency roadside kit. If you're, if you're sitting there wondering, well, how do I get that? We do have an episode on it. Or you can go to one of your, lo- like, I think Costco sells them now. You can get, comes with an air inflator. Uh, roadside flares, a triangle, just make sure you're prepped in case something happens. I mean, everybody says, well, you need this stuff for when you're going off-road, but it's also imperative if you're going over the pass to, you know, see grandma, you know, to whatever. But uh, it's it's important. And so just something quick and easy, you know, make sure that your car is ready for the road wherever you're going. So, yeah. That's a good tip, Nick. Well, I mean, I came up with that all by myself after Dan told me what I was supposed to say. You know, it's funny. I just had Blake's team put tires on my R8 last this last weekend. I, I tell you, I learned more. Every time I sit down with Blake, I learn more and more and more. I mean, I actually went to a, another tech session with him this weekend that he put on with uh, uh, in conjunction with LeMay, uh, America's Car Museum, and Griot's down there. And learned 10 times more down there as far as the one thing I, I keep reiterating is is this tire life thing and the fact that people these companies are selling you tires that may have been manufactured four or five years ago so technically the usable life is two years which is something you just don't know yeah so 
Yeah, yeah, I tried that spiel at the guys at that discount tire. They weren't they weren't as impressed. Yeah, <laughs> if anything, we're going to be teaching a lot of people to be going into their local tire shops and being like, no, I know what I'm doing here. Let like, me explain to you how this yeah, works. Yeah, that's not what that code means. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, Blake is fantastic. I yeah. learned a lot from him as well. So you got new shoes on the Audi, huh? I do, new dancing yeah. shoes. Did you get uh, winter shoes? Or? No, oh, no, 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 okay. no, 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 just play shoes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dan put winter shoes on the Porsche last week, and it was apparently they're rather sticky when it gets cold. I know, so, I know. Yeah, that's great. Well, you and I just took it out last night. Oh yeah, I mean we weren't going to talk about that, but I mean. Oh, I mean we were talking about taking it out last that, night, that'll but buff we didn't, out, right? I mean, you know. Well, you know, Porsche parts are easy to get. You know, at the end of the day, he's going to be in a whole new headspace anyway when he gets out. He'll be totally fine oh, with us. And we, they got him one of those jackets where you get to hug yourself all the time. I like it. Oh, that it's is a nice. lot of fun. Uh, you know what I like about his room is that how he can run up against the wall and bounce off it. <laughs> I love that part. Like, it's like a bouncy gym in his hotel Yay. with bars. With bars. Yeah. And guards. Yeah. And, totally. and drugs. <laughs> right. And chloroform, to be honest. <laughs> and rope. And rope. Sadness and fear. You know, the Lots basics. of sadness <laughs> and lots of fear, mostly. Yep. Yeah. So um, let's talk about today's guest. Uh, actually, he's a, he's been a friend of ours for a while. Um, he's fo- we photographed your car at his place. My car's been photographed. Dan's car's been there. Uh, let's welcome Bruce McCallum from Epic Exposure. Well, thank you very much, guys. Did I say that right? Yes. Okay, good. I'm just used to seeing you and calling you Bruce. So Yeah. yeah. No, it's Bruce. It's, it's, really. it's Bruce? Yeah, you did Bruce. say it right. Is it Bruce or is it Bruce? Yeah. No, it's good to have you here. It's uh, one of the things that I was really excited about this particular podcast is the fact that, as, as you know, Bruce, you uh, photographed my car. And, uh, but the way that you did it was just absolutely insane. And, uh, and we'll get into that. Um, I think that there's a lot of really cool things as, as it relates to how you stage the cars. I've never seen anybody stage cars like with this huge rotating platform that you've installed in your shop. It was... Um, it was absolutely amazing. But um, what's really fascinating is um, what I'd like to talk about, too, a little bit is before we get into um, the, your love behind uh, the, the photography for the vehicles and, and just kind of your passion behind that is really interesting because you and I had a really cool, fascinating conversation as it relates to the um, how you got into it. Right. And how it's, it's like a it's you know, with your grandfather and how he was building um, uh, Model Ts as well as, and then your father was building cars and your mom was into photography. But if you could go into a little bit of that, because I think that really, this is a fascinating story for me for the simple fact that your the way that you were raised in that environment has framed this epic adventure that you're on right now. And the entire community just loves you for it because of what you've done for the community and for how you literally make any car look like it's fresh out of a catalog. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, my grandfather, he kind of started this thing where <clears throat> he, uh, he was building a Model T. And when I say Model T, it was literally parts of, uh, of whatever he could find uh, in that era. Um, uh, they, you know, lots of Model Ts were crushed and 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 sold for metal scrap to, for the war, and so there wasn't. Even though they made millions of them, ultimately there wasn't that many left, and so he ended up getting parts and pieces, and he made a 1926, 27 Model T pickup, and it occupied my grandmother's dining room, and he worked on that car for I think the 10 years that he was there. That was like in Beacon Hill, and then he moved over to Somerset. And I remember with my cousin, we'd go out in the garage and we could never touch it. I mean, he had painted this thing and had done all this and it was hands off for us. And so, of course, we never did that. We'd sneak it, you know, figure out how to get in and sit in it and see if we could shift it and, and whatnot. And uh, anyway, so that that 
translated down to my dad and my dad was into cars and he would like to build stuff and it was all hands-on for him and so he then of course passed that passion back down to me and that's the car side of uh you know i when i grew up i had uh, a 68 ford pickup was my first vehicle uh that was a hand-me-down from my dad that had 300,000 miles on it and then i migrated up to a 74 ford galaxy you know that was uh, uh the timing chain was probably longer than uh you know most rope and uh, uh so the valves didn't you know weren't time for nothing anyway so um the whole point about this is that that you know that started my car adventure um and that that's where um it took off from there so you know it's really cool though is uh, before you were a gearhead you were a throttle jockey and so you were do your first bike was you were six yes yeah i was a yamaha uh 60 uh, i got on my sixth birthday and, you know, I'd love to say I got on it and tore the thing around. I was absolutely scared to death I'll of that I'll tell everybody thing. you okay. did that. All Don't right. worry. Yep. Uh, but that was, that was something where, you know, the happiest place for me in the whole world was ultimately sliding motorcycles. That's, that's what I love to do. So that translated ultimately into doing supermoto uh, later. And uh, I, I would still very much love to do it today, but it's just the time and the space of where to go now. Uh, it's so far away. Mm-hmm. So. So how many bikes have you had? Because I saw a picture. I think there was like 25 lined up. <laughs> well, there's probably, I'm, you know, I'm just going to guess because I have my, uh, I have two younger brothers and my dad and even my mom. Um, and so they have all their stuff out in my garage. And so, I mean, there's probably 30. I mean, nobody counts them. So one day we just kind of rolled a bunch of them out in front of the, the shop and like took a picture of a lineup. And uh, yeah, it was, it just was kind of weird because they just went forever. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and we're going to do something special at the end of the show we'll bring up later about your studio. But I want to go into that studio because there is something very special about it. But the last time I was out there, and this, I don't know if this is a brief story or not, you were mentioning about how you helped your brother get a car one time. Oh, yes. Um, and it, your parents were really happy with you helping him buy this car because of what it was, correct? That is correct. Okay. So Are you able to tell this story? I mean, uh, in statute of liberta- limitations have gone by? Uh, yes, this okay. is true. So um, I was completely the non-cool kid in high school having a 68 Ford pickup that probably would only do 45 miles an hour. What's wrong with going 45 miles an hour? I've got a car that does that. <laughs> yep. No, it yeah. doesn't. You have two that I know that haven't reached that. Well, if you add them together. They yeah, do I agree. I agree. <laughs> Yep, and so then my, my the one brother younger than me, he ended up with a 69 Ford Mustang uh, that he worked on through his high school, so he was cool. And so when the youngest brother, 12 years younger than me, he was going through high school, and uh, he, you know, he had crooked teeth and, and whatnot, so it was just one of these things where I said, you know what, you're not going to be as uncool as I am. So I went out and I took a $3,400 loan out of a bank, God only knows why they lent me the money, and... Um, it was just like a credit card. And so I said, you find a car that you want and I'll buy it. And so he, we did various cars and he was in Dodges instead of Fords and he was kind of the black sheep for that, but I didn't care. It's like, you, you, you're going to be cool. And so we found the 70 Challenger pistol grip four speed down in Vancouver, Washington. Great first car. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Well, you know, if it, if it has, uh, if the oil seals are bad enough, you know, it blows smoke and he wasn't going to get in too much trouble. So it wasn't a 340 car, it was a 318 car, but uh, regardless. So, but the thing was, is he was 15 and he probably had about an hour and a half of driving experience in his life. And so I had a little Mazda B2200 pickup that was a five speed manual. And his his 2B car was a, a four-speed manual. And so we got down there. Yep, this is the car that he wanted. We paid the man. Um, and 
we said, okay, now how to get all this stuff home? And so I said, well, the Challenger is a little more difficult to drive, so why don't you drive my truck, stay about 100 feet behind me on the highway, because it was Vancouver to uh, Bellevue was mostly I-5, so uh, he did a great job. We never wrecked anybody, and uh, yeah. But so, it's not exactly the car. You're, you mean, like you said, you're a Ford family. Yeah. Your, your father wasn't real happy about this purchase. He he couldn't. He would love to have that brother end up with a Volkswagen notchback or something. You know, really, really small. Nobody and wants amazing. Any, nobody wants anybody to be a Volkswagen person. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. You just go downhill from there. <laughs> no, incredible. Um, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to kind of get into your history of, of you know you grew up in the area, like we said, and kind of how you ended up. Into, into the photography business because it wasn't your, your first business, correct? Correct. Okay. We'll be right back after this. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we are back. That's right. Thanks for sticking with us. Jason and I were just discussing this part of the episode is brought to you by Prozac. Thanks, Dan. Oh, Dan. We really love him and miss him so much. You Neither know, one of those is true. I think in time. I think in time. What? The, the, the fact that we love and miss him? Oh, that's actually true. You actually good point. Well, the, I mean, the good news is, and you brought this up in the last episode, to pay for his treatment, we're going to start selling his Russian nesting dolls. So that's good. You know what, though? We have to be very careful because he has a very keen collection of those that he does not want to get rid of. In fact, the ones with the little unicorns, mm-hmm. super, super weird about those ones. It's like he just doesn't want to get rid of them. Well, you understand why. Well, I, just, I try not to understand because it's the glitter. there's not enough therapy on the planet that allows me to understand why he loves those nesting dolls as much as he does. Mm, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's but the world knows now, and they can accept him. Will they, though? I don't, I don't know. We're, gonna, we're not going to stop talking about uh, You know about what? That. We're, we're yeah, off topic. Okay. Yeah. So let's, we're back. Anyway, thanks for sticking <laughs> with us. Uh, we're here with Bruce McCollum. And um, it's, it's, um, so first of all, thank you so much for, for sharing your story as it relates to the Model T and, the, and building the cars and, of course, the... The, the horrible decision of buying the, the Dodge where basically blacklisted your, uh, your, your brother and your, or you from the family. But, um, but before we actually go into um, the adventure that you took as it relates to uh, photography, because what you do now is nothing at all where you started. And I think that in, alone is a story in itself. So after, let's, let's fast forward past the plethora of dirt bikes. What exactly is a plethora? Is it... What is a plethora, it, Nick? It, it means a shit ton. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's good. Fantastic. So yeah. there's no sensors on this podcast, as I, as I understand. But, but so we get past Dan's the, not here anymore. The, oh, that's right. And you know what? We'll blame him. People anyway. are going to hear me for the person I am. <laughs> there's no way Jared's going to be able to edit me like Dan does. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So, but, you know, we got past all with, with your collection of bikes, and it was from street bikes to dirt bikes to supermoto to dual sport bikes. And, I mean, we, you and I had a long conversation about all the fun that you've had on those and uh and i'm 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 happy that you're still with us because it sounds like you've had a lot of adventures as as it relates to those but then you kind of hung all that up and then you went to alaska so talk about that a little bit yeah so i uh i didn't have much of a future uh, out of high school so i think my my last year's gpa was a 0.76 and uh i really wasn't supposed to graduate although they gave me the paper they apparently didn't want me back so uh, then my dad figured this out and said, well, you know, you're 
you, there's like the military. You're probably too dumb for that. There's probably, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, and so believe in your kids. That's exactly. the moral of the story. Totally, <laughs> exactly. Totally. And so. Um, I mean, I could I could go through engines, but I yeah I couldn't figure out U.S. history and <laughs> love is all blind. That, love so. is blind. That's that's the moral. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and anyway, so um, I ended up going to Alaska, and somehow it really took to me. Probably because I was scared to death, and I had nothing else to look forward to. So um, I worked in the fishing industry in terms of I was on a, a land-based plant, and you know as you open a fish and you do that a million times uh, in about 16 hours the air gets full of bacteria and whatnot. And I somehow I ate it up and I had, uh, I ate chocolate chip cookies. Uh, you know, we were talking about dieting. Um, I had pretty much coffee and chocolate chip cookies and I lost a hundred pounds. Um, and so, uh, I worked in the freezer this side. This is why I don't eat fish. Well, yeah. that and Nick, <laughs> right we, when we were talking about dieting, we were, you weren't in the room. We were talking about you going on a diet soon. It's more of me to love. Uh, you, are, you, are, you are huggably fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm huggable. That's true, sir. <laughs> and when I got home, then, of course, my dad didn't recognize who the hell I was. So, hey, that was kind of cool. Um, you know, and he thought, hey, that was something. Uh, and, and he kind of arranged this. So, like, when I first went up there, we worked on an island. And to be uh, to have a place to live, you had to have a job. And to have a job, you had to have a place to live. And I had none of that. So I slept in a tent. Um, kind of boondocking, and then ultimately I got into a, a, a pastor's office that was through one connection or another, and uh, uh, then their group came from Seattle and went up there to go fishing, and they used this church kind of as their freezer storage, um, and, and and so I was there, and they thought, wow, we don't need this homeless guy like you know hanging out here, so they wanted to kick me out, and so. Uh, what they would do is they would lock the door. So after working almost 19 hours, um, I'd come back to this place to like, you know, okay, um, I'd go down to the, the, I guess, the fishing pier first, take a shower. I'd come back there ready for, you know, uh, four hours worth of sleep. And, you know, the door would be locked. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to show these guys. So I'd pour down rain southeast Alaska, and I'd go and take almost all my clothes off, and I'd lay on their front porch. Um, and I know what Nick has done that to me so many times, <laughs> like literally we have, where like, do you think I learned it? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> he refuses to feed me though. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, so we'd hang, you know, all the oil skins and everything would be hanging on the railings and absolutely looked like hell. Right. I mean, it was like <laughs> Seattle today. And so then, uh, um, worked my ass off up there. Um, and did that for 10 years. And ultimately, all of the college kids, because everybody that was there was college, and they were going to pay back their education. And ultimately, then, you started kind of getting more permanent transient workforce, and they kind of brought more problems with it. Uh, the college kids left, and so ultimately, then I left too. Uh, thankfully, I went into, uh, you know, did another... You, did you live up there for 10 years, or were you coming back and forth? I was coming back and forth. It ended okay. up, uh, I was probably there for seven months out of the year. Wow, okay. Um, and you, I'm assuming you eventually f moved out of the van down by the river and <laughs> got yes. a house? Like, well, they had, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, I've never heard anybody actually have the Matt Foley situation. <laughs> yeah, no, they had a they had a bunkhouse, and okay. so then that's ultimately, hmm. um, you know. Stop living in the church, yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. So you did that for you know, seven months of the year. You were up here. Were, were you, when you were here, were you just sort of vacationing and I resting? Would, I, mean, I would figure out how to spend all of the money that I made in Alaska in the you know five months that i was here so you were a fisherman yeah and then okay. i could go back and and then at some point if you had a bad year now all of a sudden you went back with credit card debt 
Ah. Ah, uh, yes. And so you didn't spend less. You just yeah, exactly okay, understood. Yes. Okay. So you ended up doing that, and then what? What you you said that the the world kind of got a little bit more transient. It wasn't where you wanted to be, and you ended up back here. Correct. Yes, I ended up back here, and so uh, I, there was a job. Uh, so at the time I left Alaska, I was running their uh, retorts. So they had these forty foot steam ovens, and everything was uh, it was computerized, but it was. Uh, gravity and electricity uh, kind of made all of this, the gauges work. And so when I came back down here, I went to apply for a job as a software tester, knew nothing about it, failed my interview absolutely horribly. Um, but I took all of the notes from that interview. I went and took classes, fixed that, went to get my next contract job in the tech industry, and I'll be doggone if I didn't get one. And yeah, a little software company though, right? Like yes, a, like it was a, like, in yeah. Redmond. I yeah, it's a little. They they made like Bob. Yes, Microsoft true. Bob. Is yes. that what it was? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, that started a whole new endeavor, and so that lasted for uh, twenty five years. Yeah. So. so listen to this for a second. <laughs> so you know what? I'm just gonna go to a little software company, and then I'm just gonna get a job there, and then I'm gonna work there for twenty five years, and then retire from them which I think is fantastic. What a great story that is. You went from... Sounds like he has a hard time sticking to a job, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, right. No commitment. <laughs> yeah, Clearly no commitment. commitment issues. <laughs> I either want to die out in Alaska somewhere over 10 years, or I want to go into the tech world where it's just absolute madhouse, no rules or whatsoever. It's a different way to die. Yeah. yeah. And my interview uh, on the job that I actually did get, um, you know, they said, uh, are you afraid of working long hours? Because uh, we put in long hours here, and I... So I took out my little pay stubs that showed 19 hours on the clock per day. Um, Wait, you, you know. went to the interview with that? That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so that I could say, hey, yeah. yes, I'm here to work. Yeah, so. that's impressive. And they, they, would, they would take everything that you could give them. And so that oh, was... It they still do. Yeah, <laughs> that true. hasn't changed. Yeah. Did you have a love of tech? I mean, to, I mean, no, to it, go from fishing to, to tech, is that's a big jump. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But the cool thing about tech was if you didn't really get along with people and it was a computer, then all of a sudden it was like, hey, you could have a relationship with this computer uh, that fair. you, yeah. Nick, so Nick, you have a relationship with your computer, don't <laughs> no, you? I so saw that coming. <laughs> no. No, I do not. You guys broke up. No, I use Apple products. <laughs> it's not a computer. Uh -oh. It's a tablet. You guys will work it out. You'll work it out. <laughs> it's okay. It's that facial recognition mm -hmm. thing that I get. I see you like having like a you know like a candlelight dinner. It's just your your laptop and candles and a steak. It's That's the it. last time I invite you over to. It's dinner. beautiful. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. So uh, let, let's be clear, though. That's not the weirdest thing I've walked in on you doing, right? I mean, okay. we're clear. We had a we had a deal. We were not picking on me today. We we're oh, going after oh, Dan. Oh, all right. Sorry, okay, sorry, yeah, sorry. So, I just, yeah. it just it's been so long. This I lovely you. man has I taken his so time to come here. You know what? No, thank yes. you. So, <laughs> so that being said, so you were you were what, what exactly were you doing though? You were in the lab, right? Yes, I was uh, testing this brand new product called Windows NT. Uh, so they had OS 2, 1.3 was before, and I showed up just at the tail end of that. And then Windows NT was absolutely brand new. And so I worked in the Windows NT or Windows division on Windows NT the entire time that I was there for 25 years. So I'm assuming That's a lot of our listeners know the answer to this, but I've always been curious. What does a software tester do? Like, are you in, in the room trying to, you know, use the system and find bugs kind of thing? Uh, actually, the bugs show up quite readily, especially okay. when you're developing. Uh -huh. And so now it's about how well you can document the issue to hand it to the right person with the right information so they spend the least amount of time kind of trying to figure it out. You've, you don't tell them what the problem is because there's a lot of assumptions going on, but you hand them all the facts and say, here you go. Uh, and you try to make but I've efficient. always wondered. It's just, mm -hmm. you know. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm here to break stuff. 
that's pretty well, much that's and that's great. What a great job that would be, right? Because you're t- you're testing it all to see if it's going to work or what's not going to work, and then you're just you're trying to troubleshoot it and fix it. Unfortunately, yeah, for me, I mean, it was great at the job that I had. Um, I broke everything. <laughs> to me and tech do not get along at all uh, because everything breaks for me. Absolutely everything. I mean, I would go into my boss's office and he'd say, okay, we're here for your review. And the lights would go out only in his office. Like everything else was okay. His power would go out. <laughs> and so, yeah. That's great. Yeah. It might be because you're radioactive from all the fish that you were yes. around. But that's great. So let's fast forward for a second. So now you come, you, you, uh, you decide that, you know what, I just can't stay committed to, co- to a company like Microsoft for more than 25 years. So <laughs> I'm going to go, years. I'm going to go do something different. So reversing back into your roots and it was, you know, your, your, so your dad's uh, love for cars, your grandfather's love for cars, the build for the cars. And then now all of a sudden and you think about it and you get to the next swim lane and, and your mom, she loved to tell stories through, through slides, through pictures. She wasn't necessarily a photographer, but she, that's how she kind of help, talk a little bit about how she would tell her, her stories through, through slides. Yeah. So we would have, um, I guess, family gatherings, you know, and just like every other family, you know, they talk, blah, 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 ultimately, but as it got later in the evening, you know, they'd have a slideshow, and they'd have, I don't know, you know, 15 carousels of slides. And so, um, you know, as, as you watch people get all emotional about something or uh, didn't understand something or whatnot, and, but because it's a slide, everybody has a comfortable place to sit. You know, you're not over some little photo album that's photos are fading and all that. Anyway, so it was, uh, I just, it really struck me. It was really had an impression on me. Um, and it's not that the photography was great. It's not that the equipment was great, but it's just the emotion that came out of it. And Mm so, um, you know, that being from my mom's side of the fence. And so then if you try to marry the two together later in life, then, then, uh, it seems like that's where that came from. Well, and that's, I mean, from my perspective, I mean, you're the work that you do, the cars that you, that you just photograph are just absolutely just pristine and beautiful and cars that people would die to see in person for the first time ever. And you just happen to just, you're constantly, I've gone through a lot, a lot of your catalogs and I just, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know that car and all that car as well. And it's just, it's really impressive. So when did you kick this off? Like you decided that you're going to go back to your roots. You're bringing both worlds from your mom and your dad's side into this passion of photography. And now here you are. What year was that? Uh, probably 2014 I started and that was kind of the exit of Microsoft. I was totally dedicated to Microsoft at the time. And as that kind of spun down and stopped, then at least, you know, in my case, then, you know, it was like, geez, a lot of soul searching. What am I going to go do next? And I always have to work. It's just probably part of the healthcare for my family, um, where I always know I'll have to have a job to pay for all these medical bills. And so then it was like, okay, well, if you're always going to work, but do something fun, you know, and then um, the technology, as you know, you're probably aware of, it's very, it can be very cutthroat. And so um, that I pretty much exhausted that, had enough time doing that. And now it was to go exercise some creativity. And so the other thing I love to do is build things. I'm a builder. And so um, I'll come up with an idea and I'll go build something for it. And so that was kind of the idea of the studio. And the photography business and all that was, I was passionate about cars, I was passionate about photography, and what can I do with these two? And I could go talk myself into wanting to do that kind of epic, as big as I could. Um, You look around and you see lots of people doing dogs and cats and babies and graduations and weddings and all this stuff. And and to some degree, if they don't differentiate themselves, they race to the bottom in price. So you can't make a living at it. Mm -hmm. 
And so how then to take something where you can actually go make a living at it? So you have to be different, you have to be good, and you have to work like no tomorrow to do it. Mm -hmm. And that was a challenge, and I was, I thought, well, after Microsoft, that was the challenge I was going to try to achieve. So, Well, talk about your studio, because your studio is not like you just bring a car in and take a bunch of photos of it, and yay us, everybody's cool. This is the craziest studio I've ever seen. There was fog, there was these lights. I've never seen a hood light as big as this thing was the size of a Buick, the, the hood light yeah. itself. And then it's on this rotating platform. I mean, what was your inspiration behind all of that? Because that's, that's what makes you unique out of anything I've ever seen. Right. And so that's when I looked at kind of like, okay, hey, this is what I'd like to do. And I'd look around and there's, and there's three studios in the area I keep tabs on. And, you know, you wheel a car in and you have to move it and you have to repaint the floor and you have to do all this stuff. And so I thought, well, there, just by looking at what they do, I'm going to try to resolve some of these problems. And so... By having the turntable now, of course, I have the ability to turn the car, and I never have to touch it. So then it was like, okay, well, geez, if we did really high-end exclusive cars, now I can say to whoever the owner or the handler is, I will never touch your car. But I'll get pictures of it, like, from every angle, um, you know, with the big light box. That was something that was specifically for cars. Um, and then it wasn't quite big enough, so we put it on a trolley or, or you know. And I spent, I wired the building for electricity. Um, and built everything out, and it was absolutely a joy to do. Um, and I, th in my head, I have like, you know, there's that much more stuff for me to go do. I'm absolutely excited to go build more stuff and make it a tool set, not only for me, but for the, the you know, people of the area. Like, hey, this is a place you can come if you like to, uh, you have a specific photographer that you have, you like their style. Hey, rent the space, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely, we're there to help. It's just a toolbox mm -hmm. for anybody to use. Mm -hmm. So well, I, have, I haven't spent a lot of time in, in spaces, but it seems to me that the, the places, you know, you go in if for a model shoot, it's, it's, a, it's a white background, they take shots. Your studio can, can do cars, it can do people, it can do motorcycles, it can do aerial, it can do rock climbing. You really have built it out to the point where you're not, you're not keyholed into one thing. Correct. And that's what made it so interesting about going there. And not only that, but you, you know, you, you do work very well with guest photographers. I mean, we've had, Carl's been there a ton of times, shot our cars and things like that. But you have, and I'm, I don't want to give away anything about it, but you have your signature shot. Shot that I've never seen anybody, I mean, I, I don't even understand the technology of it and how you do it, but it's still so cool in the fact that you can take several shots of a car and blend them into one and make it perfectly lit from every angle so it makes it look like you have millions of dollars worth of lights and, it, and it's an effect exactly yeah okay. so the idea of like what you're talking about with the light painting is you know when you take a really long exposure you make it look like there's a giant light on the side of the car not just on the top and when you make it look like there's a giant light on the side of the car now the light as it hits the car hits at every different angle and it brings the color out and so some of the shots that you might see, you'd think, wow, this guy really turned up the saturation in the picture. It's no, not at all. It's no. just the way the car was lit. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And, I mean, some of the, some of the best cars in the world have been through your studio. In fact, an infamous car that sold down in Monterey um, that was a local car here went through there and did all the photography out of your studio, which is huge in the fact that, I mean, I saw your photos up on a huge giant screen down in Monterey as this car was crossing the block, which was really cool to see that hometown uh, space. Yeah, that's just really crazy. I mean, uh, and, you know, when you talk about the value of that vehicle, 
I mean, it wasn't shot in New York. It wasn't shot in L.A. or Dubai or Florida, right? Miami or whatever. It was North Bend, Washington. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Hidden North Bend, Washington. Yes. yes. That was actually one of the requirements. They said, hey, do you have a space when I got a call on the phone? Do you have a space that's like away from the street so, uh, you know, we can be a little more discreet with this? And as yeah. you've seen the space, yes, it's yeah. pretty discreet. It's very discreet. Hard to find, which is good. Yeah. You know, you, you talked to Jason about your, your love of photography. Were you doing photography when you were working at Microsoft and up in Alaska and things of that nature? I was. So um, I used the resources of both Alaska and Microsoft to kind of go pursue a hobby. And so it allowed me to get really expensive equipment, or at least at the time it was expensive. Um, and I still have it and I still use it. I mean, the newest camera that I have was last printed in 2009. So Okay. Um, but It yeah. works well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the photos are incredible. The pho- is there something that you want to do? Like, I mean, you, like you said, you're always evolving the space and without giving away ideas to people. But where, where's the, where do you see photography going in, in this forum? Like, where, what's next? Well, so the thing with the studio right now is it allows you to take really clean images. And so in the digital world, a clean image is uh, it's just data. But now you can transpose that on or, or composite that into something else. And so that's interesting to me. I see a lot of uh, commercial photographers where they're making, you know, I mean, you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars in a commercial shoot, um, you know, and they're, in the old days, they used to have to build scaffolding and put Jeeps on it and, you know, rocks and sand and all this stuff. And now, you know, it's a little bit different where you can take a studio picture of a vehicle, you can composite it into a background, and then ultimately it's CGI. So CGI gets everything uh, right. But... You know, that's that's more of a future. Are you telling me all these Instagram photos aren't real? <laughs> I can't stand on the top of the Eiffel Tower and take a photo of the sunset? You can. Yeah. You can. Do that. Do that now. Go ahead and do that. <laughs> Don't listen to them. No. Naysayers. Mm-hmm. Naysayers. I mean, I, I, I'm sure this is like asking what your favorite child is. Yes. Rainier break. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite child. Tell me what it tastes like. I can't have Rainier right now. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Because yeah. of the whole rehab thing. Yeah. Yep. Got it. I'm so glad we had you come in, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I was going. Like, you totally ruined my th- my train of thought on that. Thanks. I did really. No, I have no idea what I was about to say. <laughs> you got distracted over the rain oh, here, and you're blaming God. me. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, you know what? Pretty you need much. more carbs in your life. <laughs> you. <laughs> You're not just shooting exotic cars here. Like, we were looking at your calendar. I mean, the, some of the muscle cars you've shot, and, I mean, exotic cars and motorcycles and things like that. Are, are you – I mean, and I have had the, the distinct pleasure of sneaking behind the curtain and seeing some of the cars that are still in your shop with your motorcycles. Obviously, you're, you're a muscle car guy, but do you, do you tend to go to – what's are you, do you like, are you more like exotic cars? Do you more like the oh. muscle cars? I mean, we know you're a big bike guy. Yeah, so you that guys lost me in that conversation when you guys were having that before we started sorry. this. Dan would have loved that. Too bad Dan's not here. Yeah, well, he'll hashtag, get out soon. Hashtag where's Dan? Yeah, save Dan. <laughs> save Dan. <laughs> hashtag where's the bail? Yeah. So yeah. The, the thing with the muscle cars is that was something that was attainable I could go build. Sure. Uh, the exotic cars, I mean, that to me, that's meaningful human endeavor, right? That, that When you go look at a Koenigsegg or something and you look at the craftsmanship, or I mean, I'm staring at a whole bunch of cars out here through the windows. Oh, my God. I mean, the technology that went into all this stuff is just so stunning. And to be able to see it, and you, you look at every car and something else surprises you. It's like, you know, and, and that surprise always always happens. It's always new. And then you put it in a studio, you put light on it, and it changes. Um, and so the exotic stuff is, is really cool just because the elevation is so high. The muscle car is very crude. 
Um, but it's something I can scratch my head and think, yeah, okay, you know, we can talk about, you know, rubbing elbows with a four-speed, right? You I mean, can climb under the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite vehicles, actually, and we talk about this a lot, Jason and I have, in the fact of in the car world around here, you know a vehicle, but you may not necessarily know the gentleman's name or who they are. And your, the one vehicle that I've known you for for years, it, since you've come to Exotics, is your off-road vehicle. Oh yeah, it, that van. You, the, <laughs> the down by the I hate, river. I don't van. even want to call it a van. Like it's it's, it's like, a legit it's, van. It's like cross the river van yeah, kind of like, thing. Right. Yeah. Was was that a fun project? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because there's a lot of people that know it because it's so big. It takes up three spaces outside of exotics. Yeah, it's like a Mars rover. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. then we we were. Uh, you know, w- motorcycle racing all the way up until I got kind of married. Uh, you know, as we were talking that and uh, Jason, that stopped. And so then um, now we we're going to go do more adventure bikes. So we, my brothers and I each purchased uh, a BMW 1200, uh, sorry, 1150 bike. And uh, we took our wives to Alaska, two up and all this stuff. Well, the problem with that is, you know, it's kind of a, a good weather bike. It, it, I've had it in the snow and run it in the snow. Um, yeah, it's not something that's really safe. Um, and then, uh, it, the cargo space, you know, it was very small. So 12 by 12 by 12 or whatever, right? That's all you live out of. So then it was like, how do we, when I was talking to my wife, how do we kind of extend this kind of adventure? And so we started looking around and it, a van just seemed to make the most sense. And then we got into this level of van or, or, you know, and it, then it went crazy from there. So I went down to California multiple times to have this thing built out. Uh, we designed it for over a year with them. Um, it took them more than a year to build it. Yeah, this is not something that came off the, the, the line no. at Ford. <laughs> That's no, my no. point, yeah. This was this was one of one. that They wanted to take it to SEMA, but we needed to take it to Canada. To uh, camping. Yes. <laughs> camping. <laughs> yeah. Why do I want to camp in Las Vegas? <laughs> totally. Yeah, exactly. They wanted it in SEMA. I wanted it in camping. camping. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's, you know, it had the first... Uh, Baja racing lights on it rather than the KC highlights that you'd normally see. It had the first overhead console. It had all these firsts that we put into it. Um, and then uh, it, it's just been awesome to be able to take the family and go places where there is zero cell service. Um, and to w- look at my wife's expression as to, oh, my God, what I have to engage now. Where is he going to leave me? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, so then, hey, he took her to Alaska. He hasn't gone back and gotten her yet. So, <laughs> you know. We put a little, uh, I got her a, a little TW200 for the back oh, in wow. case I, my ticker stops or, you know, if there's some other problem she needs to escape, at least she has a vehicle that, you know, moon tires on it and can go. Yeah. Uh, moon tires is right. Get away Let's hook from up us. the cables of the battery to shock you back to there the you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice. great. Nice. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a few things and uh, a little fun thing we're going to do with Epic Exposure. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. Uh, as we usually do in this part of the, sesh, uh, the podcast, we talk about what's going on with Avance 
right now. Um, and if you are a charter member of Avance or know a charter member of Avance, they have on November 7th, they have a private uh, tour of a, of a very prestigious, prestigious garage here in Bellevue that they're going to be doing. And um, they just uh, they just signed a deal with Dundon Motorsports uh, for 10% off, which could be very handy if you're wanting to do some of their exhausts and their uh, their upgrades to your car. So, you know, if you're not an Avance member, you should be. Um, but in conjunction with Avance and Ready City Supercars and Epic Exposure, um, we're going to do a little fun, fun giveaway here. Um, Basically, once you listen to this podcast, uh, we're going to want you to comment on it. Um, we're going to do a little competition. And the best comment or the best uh, photo comment or we'll, we'll figure it out. I don't, I'm not sure how, how we're going to choose the winner, but we're going to take the best comment from Instagram or Facebook. And they're going to get a free photo session with Epic Exposure. Um, and the photographer will be provided. Uh, you can bring your car out, and they will do a session then there, and you will be able to see, obviously, from our photos that we do, uh, that he's done from our cars, you'll be able to see what type of amazing things we can do. I think it'll be kind of fun, but we're going to partner with us and, and Epic Exposures and Avance. So, yeah. I think that's great. I mean, I that is just a... Can what, we win our own competition? I was just going to say, I, I, love like, this, yeah. I love this contest, especially if just you and I can play. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that yeah, sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Everybody <laughs> hears like, wait, I want, I want to do it. I want to do it. Yep, I want to do it. So, Bruce, like I said, we, we talked about the future of what's going on. I mean, do you do you ever get outside of your studio and take photos? Like, I mean, are you are you a, a mobile photographer in the fact that, like, I mean, I, every, every time I see you, you're in your studio. And usually you have your 10-year-old daughter running around there helping you turn the turntable or, or things of that nature. Yeah, so I've done some landscape stuff. I think just trying to run the business now, run the studio business, yeah. is just so time consuming to try to make that go. Mm -hmm. um, so I've done events, uh, there's stuff out at Dirtfish I've done before with the GRC folks um, and landscapes and then some people, um, but uh, I, I really trying to focus on the studio business yeah. and make that work. Yeah. And, and Carl keeps sneaking in there. So I don't, I mean, we're gonna work on that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Security you know. systems are, are very helpful for Carl. I, well, I just, I mean, you know, if you put a couple of plates of bangers and mash out there, he won't come in. That's, fine. <laughs> That's actually true. That's a true. That's a true point. It's like a natural deterrent. Exactly. Yeah. And then like one of those boxes with a stick underneath it. So Absolutely. when he knocks the stick out, it fall, the box falls on him. I, I found him in a box in my yard for like a week. He's just, just chilling in there. He could get out. He just didn't want to get out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Exactly. Fair enough. I poked holes in it in fairness. Why? Yeah. yeah well, I mean, no. come on. It's Carl. Yeah. We love him. So Bruce, what's your dream car? I mean, have you? I mean, is is the is your off road off road vehicle that? Or I mean, with uh, I think that's you know it, that was pretty close. I mean, that's clo close as reality as I'll ever get. Sure. Um, I you know I do have all these rust bucket '69 Mustangs in my garage of various uh, lineage, um, and so they would be fun to put on the road at some point too. Okay. But uh, by the time that happens, I'm sure it'll be legislated all electric and I'll be behind the times there too. So oh, please don't say that. Yep. Yeah, that's not that'll make me sad. <laughs> electric buses, Jason. Electric buses. No. They're already on the streets. It's not gonna, no it's not. No they're not. No they're not. No, they're not. Don't ruin this for me. This is my day. It's electric. That's not even Who do you think it'll be faster, Stella or Alice? Well it depends if they're falling out of a plane or a cliff. No. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's you need to get your you need to get Stella and Alice in there. Get some I know, photos I of her. We the, talked the about girls, that earlier. The girls need to be photographed. They really do. Uh, you know but what? It's tastefully, funny. tastefully <laughs> photographed. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Stella, Those German women. You know, Stella likes to go topless, and it gets a little weird. 
<laughs> yeah, we definitely need to get the buses in there. I think that would be great. Yeah. So I can't wait to win the contest and bring them both in. Yep. And uh, it's already agreed. Thank you. And yeah, just I we're just going to put that in there. Anybody named Jason or international bacon smuggler cannot uh, win this contest. Or can. Or can. <laughs> or can. <laughs> well, that's a different way to look at that. That's a different way to look at that. Bruce, how can people find you if they if they want to um, rent out the studio or bring or if they're a photographer that wants to bring somebody in to do a photo shoot? Uh, probably the best way to get to me is through the website of epic-exposure.com, and that's where I have all my contact information. Okay. So. Okay. Do you have your, some of your your work on the on that webpage as well? Some of the work is there. Unfortunately, um, I designed the webpage through uh, I guess you'd call it a smug mug template, and it it uh, it's it's kind of like when Bill Gates said, "Hey, we're behind on the internet." Uh, that's kind of the style that it is. It's yeah, not I very. When he said uh, that to me. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a long dinner. Yeah, when he said that. BG, yeah. <laughs> BG said that to you, Bill Gates. Okay, yeah, BG, BG. Okay. Yeah. In, in other words, it shows its age quite a bit. Oh, but, got it. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. understandable. It's the the whole scrolling thing. It didn't know anything about the phones and yeah. So. All right. So for those listening out there, Bruce needs a webmaster. <laughs> yes. True. <laughs> Yeah, if, if only you knew somebody in tech. Right, uh, exactly. If only you had, I don't know, longevity in a tech company that's right. worth a trillion dollars. If only, but right. whatever, right? We can dream. True. Yep. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I'll tell you. Well, we really appreciate you coming in and taking your time. Um, you know, uh, especially with the fact that, you know, Dan's not here. You know, these two goofballs are running it. But uh, uh, I've had a great time, you know. guys. Thank you so much for the for the wonderful time that you've provided me. So well, the honor is all ours for sure. I mean, the fact that we've had the pleasure of, of touring your studio, having cars photographed in your studio and just seeing your work in catalog in calendar. It's um, having you here. If for those that have not had an opportunity to see Epic exposure in, in, in its work, it's um, you're missing out. It is uh, it is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's fantastic. So it's uh, the pleasure is all ours. Well, for thank sure. you so much. Yes, definitely ours. It's yeah. ours. It's actually not Dan's because no, Dan's, Dan's still in Dan's, rehab. Yeah, Dan's in rehab. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> yeah, we we he doesn't even know that you're here. He doesn't even know I'm here. He's actually. doing like a wine house kind of <laughs> rehab too, just so we're clear. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, we we can't legally tell you why, but yeah, so. but we're going to. But we're going so to. anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just say he got a little bit heavy on the box of Franzia. <laughs> And things just don't, didn't work out for Dan. After it was that. a sack of Franzia. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's funny. So, you know, back to that, you know, Dan used to be a wine connoisseur. And uh, what was interesting a about wino? that. It, well, not really. But it was interesting about that part. It was that uh, his favorite wines, he's been all over the world. In fact, where's his rehab stint right now? Like, it's somewhere in Asia. Anyway, my point is, he loves Franzia. Like, I have never seen a guy rail a box of Franzia like like Dan does. He drinks it like it's a Capri Sun. He just shoves a garden hose in there, and that's what he carries around with him everywhere he goes. It's really neat. In, uh, in fact, for all you listeners out there, if you want to make Dan happy, buy him a box of Franzia for Christmas. I agree. He loves Franzia. He loves the grape flavor. That's his, that's his favorite. Um, wild cherry is another one that he likes to go Don't with. Don't forget the lime. Oh, lime. Oh, that's what got him in rehab. Dan and a sack of lime. Oh, my I mean, gosh. Just, anyway, know. make Dan happy. Buy him a box of Franzia. And, um, and you know, let's just uh, let's just keep him going one step at a time. Hashtag where's Dan? Hashtag make Dan happy. Hashtag save Dan. Hashtag save Dan. <laughs> all right, Bruce. Well, we, we apologize for all the uh, tomfoolery. Oh, no, that's good. That's, that's, a, that's a new word. But uh, thanks for coming in. Uh, as always, uh, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Jason. 
And, you know, if you can get there, enjoy the drive at the same <laughs> time or whatever. Can. I don't you know, know what, what, what it is. is. This, uh, what is this, a Volkswagen split? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I say. If I can get, get there, there, I'll be there tomorrow. Oh, if I can get th- <laughs> if you can get there, enjoy something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Have a wonderful night. <laughs> Johnny Carson out. <laughs> I can't say his catchphrase. I just can't. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs>